It's episode 230 of Nerds Eye View for the 23rd of June. We are post E3. Man, that was crazy, but that's not what this show's about. We're here about movies. My name is Jordan, and I have with me Andrew. Hi. How are you doing? Good. And then we have with us, oh wait, nobody. Yeah. It's just you and me. So we're going to do the show like normal, but we're going to try something a little different. We'll explain it when we get there. Okay. Let's uh, let's just. I mean, they know what we're doing. Should okay. we go over the show or just go over the show? Okay. We're gonna review Inside gonna Out. Have, I know we're gonna have Inside Out later. That's a that's why I think people are here. Uh, that's why I'm here. Okay, good. Because <laughs> I'm here to review it. Uh, but we also have our box office top ten, our new releases, um, and then our guess the ending, of course, at the end. Mm-hmm. So let's get on it. Um, I guess. We're going to do this special little twofer thing that we used to do? Yes. All right. Uh, Count me down. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want to go to number 10. Tomorrowland, which is on the way to number nine. Avengers Age of Ultron, who did not fight with number eight. Mad Max Fury Road, who got in a singing battle with number seven. Pitch Perfect 2, and that's not number six <laughs> insidious chapter three which could only be described with the word number five dope which i would not use to describe number four san andreas which scared the shit out of me so instead i saw number three spy which you will i spy number two <laughs> inside out which did not make it outside of number one jurassic world nice <laughs> we, rough rough start but we made it yep we got all the way to the end um <laughs> So, wowza, look at these numbers. What I mm. love is when I started inputting these numbers into the document, I was like, big week. Mm. Big week. Wow. Look at these numbers. Big week. And then I totaled them up, and it was $30 million less than last week, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is amazing because everyone saw one through three, mm-hmm. and random people saw four through ten. So, we had Jurassic world with a huge second weekend over 100 million again that's it must crazy right see what happened was is everyone went to see jurassic world mm-hmm. and went that shit was crazy mm-hmm. so everyone's friends and family who didn't see it on the first rung because they're like i like the original jurassic park i don't know how i feel about this one the last two were kind of crappy mm-hmm. um i don't know about this and everyone came home and said nah it was good Everyone was on social media. Everyone was on Facebook and Twitter saying, wow, this was cool. Chris Pratt's still dreamy. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, blue for the win. You know what I mean? Like, everyone was doing that. Yeah. So this is how the second week is. Mm-hmm. And it's incredible because our big our big movie of the week, Inside Out, which we're reviewing later, mm-hmm. uh, had $91 million. And, and in any other week, it would be the top spot. Yeah. And that's incredible. I'm very happy this was a huge opening. Yeah, I almost think, uh, I mean, it must have been, because uh, we all know that they move around release dates so mm-hmm. that, that people don't crowd each other out. Right. They must have thought, oh, there's no kids movie coming out. You know, mm-hmm. we're the animated film for this time period. Right. We're going to do it. Tomorrowland was, you know, already a month uh, ago. So mm-hmm. we're not competing with ourselves. You know, Disney is, you know, trying to keep their right. stuff separate. Yeah. And yet Jurassic World was, Just I think, a it. huge surprise. No one expected it to make that much money the first weekend. Right. And for that to carry on to the second weekend is insane. And, it, and it's it it's not animated, but it kind of fits into the family 
Well, it's definitely thing, a, yeah. Right? It's, it's following in the footsteps of Spielberg's uh, first two films. You're not going to take little kids, oriented. but you're taking. If you've got a family, you're going to yeah, probably you see your, Jurassic your teenagers. World. Right. Yeah. Whereas I don't think your preteens. I don't think teenagers would enjoy Inside Out. I think Inside Out has an adult and very young kid appeal. Yeah, that's interesting. So is that th- like a that's like a Pixar uh, staple, Uncanny Valley do. or whatever yeah. you want to call it? Where yeah, it's, where the mid-teen years. Yeah. To like probably mid twenties, the the group we were talking about earlier off mic, yeah, they're probably not going to enjoy Inside Out, Mm-mm. but adults they're living it. They're yes, living it. They're in the middle of it. They're like, this is I don't like this because it's commenting <laughs> on them, right? Yeah, and everything that's going on with them. So it's going to be too real. The movie's too real for them, right? So, but the adults and the young kids, the young mm-hmm. kids are going to love the cartoonness of it, mm-hmm. and the adults will enjoy. The message message, that the movie has. So I think that's why Jurassic World is still huge because you have adults who love Jurassic Park, you have teenagers who are like dinosaurs, and you have little kids who are like dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of appeal there. And the fact that it was not a crappy movie, Mm -hmm. there you go. And here's uh, another thing that I just noticed that I really like about this spread. We have reviewed the show, not you personally, perhaps. I think you were missing on one of these, but I think... There's one, two, three, four, five, six of these that were reviewed or will be reviewed right now on the show, right. and seven including a future review. Right. So it's yeah. you know it's a good time. It's a good time. Uh, it's a. I mean, we're reviewing the films that, that we want to because we can. That's the thing is you look good, at good you look spread. at this list, and aside from San Andreas, which scares <clears throat> the crap out of me, like all of these are not bad movies. Why well, I, I can't vouch for Insidious, Chapter Three. I've heard it's not bad. Okay. <laughs> Well, I, you, I haven't you, seen the you, second one. I need to see the second one. You on Pitch Perfect too, but I'll tell you that was a funny movie. Right. I, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah. Uh, I didn't say... You notice I didn't bring it up. I didn't say it was bad. No. I'm saying these, this is a good list of movies. This yeah, summer's this is, looking great. This is going to be good. And, and uh, up there at number five, uh, Dope, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, will be our review next week. Right. Uh, because... Yeah, let's just get I mean, that out of the way. We don't want to talk about what's what going to happen we next got week. Ted. It's not... We got Max... We got big game. This got little death. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't really. I know I'm going to see one of these movies, mm-hmm. but I don't think we should review it. So I think, yeah, maybe I a think, bonus. I think, yeah, of course. Uh, but but definitely, and uh, yeah, Jurassic World and Spy number three. Love it. I think that's a good. That's I'm, a good sign. That's a great because if you think about it, you have teens. And twenty something seeing Jurassic World, mm-hmm. which there are a lot of, and you got all their parents. Well, taking I think Jurassic the kids. World hits all the marks. Right. It hits except everything. except for babies. And, but babies are being dragged there. I yeah, mean, exactly. That's... You've got Chris Pratt. Uh-huh. You've got dinosaurs. You've got uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Mm-hmm. Right. You've got well, and it's you've got, got in, like younger kids in the movie. It's my family sh- dynamics, right? Which so you bring your family, right? And it's and it's you know it's a sequel to a and classic a family park. dynamic film, and it's a theme park. It's a theme park. Which let me tell you, my mother said something that I thought was Ooh. was interesting. Please about Jurassic World. Uh-huh. She, she was it was it that the pirates ate all the guests? No, she right. remarked how uh, she while she was watching it, she thought to herself, "Is this going to be the actual future of theme parks?" Right, and I was like, I love that my mother thought that that's, because that is exactly what the movie is saying. Is yeah. like this is the movie this is, is where we're going. Is as I said, I believe I said it in our review mm-hmm. uh, last week. Yeah, where um, you know this the what it what Jurassic World really gets right is you know the Disney aspect. Right, this is a Disney World if, plus dinosaurs. If you take all the dinosaurs out of that, mm-hmm. that is just a high price theme park. Yeah, and it and it nails it. Yeah, so. 
Go listen to our review right. from last week. Please do. It was good. <clears throat> I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, and no, I was just going to say Inside Out is for the kids, mm. right? Younger kids and the adults. And then Spy is for older people who don't have kids. Well, yeah, it's R-rated. It's perfect. Yeah. Like in the top three alone, we have every demographic being hit. It's, mm-hmm. pr- it's, it's great. Well, and I hope it just means good things for Paul Feig and Melissa McCarthy right? in the Me future. Too. Me too. Uh, because uh, as I was thinking about it, Spy was probably one of the best films I've seen this year so far. Really it, good. It really, it really like, was. Surprisingly, like, no joke, when we talked about reviewing that, mm. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because I, I just, I don't really like trailers to comedic films mm. just because I feel like I might be getting the best jokes in the whole movie. And the rest of the movie could not be as this, as funny as this. Yeah. Like, why did they pick these jokes? It's probably because these are the best jokes, mm-hmm. in which case the movie's going to be a letdown. But this is nothing but a surprise. So, mm-hmm. yeah, good for them. Let's get a new releases. All right. So if you don't want to go out to theaters, you can stay at home and uh, buy or rent or whatever you do with one of these things. New on DVD and Blu-ray, we got nothing. Nothing? Nothing I wanted to talk about. Okay. Uh, I honestly can't remember what was coming out, mm-hmm. but it's nothing I would recommend. Right. Uh, we're now going to get into DVD only. Uh, I clicked the first link because you didn't say anything about it. Yeah. It's, oh, the first link is fine. Okay. Uh, I forgot that that was even there. I freaking love that Eric Roberts is a cat. Yeah, this first DVD only is called A Talking Cat? Whoa, with like an exclamation mark, a question mark, and another exclamation yes. mark. I believe this is uh, one of those uh, religious films, right? Is it? Does it have the dove marking? Dove mark? I don't see a dove okay. marking anywhere. Well, uh, but this film uh, appears to be about a cat that helps reunite a family or something, or two families. I don't even care. But I believe this is how this film happened. It was a bunch of unknowns made a film, mm-hmm. and they made they had a talking cat, and they they just needed any voice, mm-hmm. and that's somehow they could afford Eric Roberts, and they that's thought great, good enough. Yeah. Because in my mind, I would never make and you've, you're looking at the picture of the cat. Yeah, it is a small cat. Yeah, it is a cute cat. Yep, it is not a cat that it, I'd imagine Eric, Eric Roberts', Roberts voice cat. to come out. Nope, of. that is not an Eric Roberts cat. Right like there. Eric Roberts' cat is like an older cat. Yep, for sure, like yep. a fully grown cat at least. I, I imagine. A real version of Garfield. Yeah, perhaps. A slower cat, mm-hmm. you know, methodical. Right. Uh, I mean, Eric Roberts plays villains. Yeah, grumpy. Like, that's where he's become. Well, I mean, ever since his role in... Uh, oh, man, I'm forgetting the name of that movie. Keep going. Well, no, I mean, like... The, I mean, it's it's a blasphemy to people who are fans of Doctor Who, but in the TV movie, he was the master. Right. It makes no sense, mm-hmm. because he doesn't... It doesn't, like... I don't think that works at all, but it, he he just plays villains, so that's mm-hmm. what he was. They were like, oh, we need a villain. Get it, get him. <laughs> get Eric Roberts. Yeah. Get him on the phone. Yeah. This was 90s Eric Roberts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have Holy you crap. Of this film yet? I'm looking at his IMDb list, and I'm like, oh, I'm looking for the film that he was in in the 90s, and I have to scroll really far down to find this yeah. movie. He, uh, that's, He's He prolific. got paid to be the voice of a cat. He, he will do anything at this point. Holy crap, he's been in so many He was many a bad movies. guy in suits. He's been that in didn't make any so sense to me. many movies. This is kind of blowing my mind. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Okay I haven't seen an IMDb list this long in a long time. Okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, I mean, is it more than Samuel L. Jackson? I don't know. Because I recent I remember looking, looking at his recently right and Samuel Jackson had not missed he had done a movie every year back to like nineteen eighty something. All right, well I'm looking at this and in nineteen ninety six alone he has 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen movies in '96. TV series, TV movies, just in '96. Wow! But you see what I mean? Like this guy's, this guy's nuts. Anyway, I can't find it's some kung fu movie. Let's move on to. He uh, was in. He was in a martial arts movie. Okay. Uh, next on DVD only. (laughs) This will begin. Uh, the the most ambitious version of this yet, uh, where we have a game in this section where uh, I'll, I'll as pick... as an actor he has three hundred and eighty three credits. Good lord! So uh, you tell. Let me look up Samuel Jackson. Keep going. Okay, so uh, I have a game where I'll tell Jordan the film title and a few details about it. Sam Jackson only has 161 credits as an actor. Well done. I think it's all of his work on TV Mm. that Eric Roberts just blows people. That's nuts. That is nuts. Please continue. All right. So normally we only do one title. We're going to do a couple this time because we don't have a guest, so we have time for this. I'm so excited. So new on DVD only. uh, Oh, yeah. I can't click. I almost clicked. I'm trying to click. I'm using an iPad. I don't know how to do this. Do you want to just use mine? I can Uh, just turn my... open link. I got it. All right. I got this. I can turn it around. All right. So this film... Uh, on DVD only, coming out this week, is called Fire Sale. Okay. Okay, so I'm waiting for the loading. Okay. You can use my computer. I'm going to give you, yeah. I'll give you the year, Ooh. and I'll give you the two leads. Oh, yes. Because they're both names that you'll know. Fire Sale. All right. Tell me what it's about. It's from 1977. Oh, my goodness. And it's starring Alan Arkin and Rob Reiner. Oh, my goodness. All right. Fire this- Sale. This is about a pair of dudes who uh, buy uh, buildings that have been destroyed by fires, and they remodel them and sell them out, and it's about just their kind of wacky adventures. Very uh, Tom Hanks, uh, Money Pit-esque. Hmm. And it says wacky comedy. All right. You, you definitely nailed the comedy aspect. Okay. Uh, a department store owner Ooh. frets over his two sons oh. and his business, which he plans to burn down. Oh, okay. So I got all right because I knew that fire sale would be like a play on a play words. On, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. But I should have I should have realized that it would have been a department store mm-hmm. because it, it would it also. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I, I feel I feel good about that one. Let's let's continue. Also on DVD only. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a film called Five Came Back. Oh. Okay. So I believe I'm going to give you the same uh, some of the same information. Well, okay. I mean the year and the uh, I'm I'm going to call this. She's not the lead, mm-hmm. <laughs> but she's the name that I recognize in this cast list. She I knew is you were, I knew you were second. Do that. Okay. Um, Five Came Back. It's a film from 1939. Oh, my goodness. And in the cast is Lucille Ball. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Now, right. I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that, you know, she's not top build. Of course. But she's definitely, I, here she's second. So, who knows? 1939. What is this film about? All right, I think I got it. Five came back. I think I got it. This is a sci-fi film, 1932. Mm -hmm. It's about a pair of astronauts who were on some mission, and uh, something went wrong, and this is about the story about how they come back, and there's only five of them left, and no one's really sure because they're acting really weird. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of about how... They don't know if it's like a body snatchers thing where they're actually aliens or not. But uh but yeah. I think that's it. All right. 
you know, you're you're doing really good with these titles. Okay. Uh, because uh, here, Amazon Jungle Crash Survivors oh. learn only five of them can leave once the plane is fixed. Whoa. So you're pretty close. Amazon okay. is like the moon, I guess. <laughs> or space. Did yeah. you say space or moon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said they were like on some space expedition. Okay. I should have known 32 is a little early for space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But good, ambitious. Yeah. That was a good thought. Yep. Uh, all right. We're, we're going to have one more version of that. But first, uh, new on Blu-ray, The Castle of Cagliostro, Ooh. which is a Lupin the Third adventure ah. directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Ah, I watched cool. this when I was watching all the Miyazaki films. And? And I liked it, yeah. Cool. I mean, I kind of knew about Lupin the Third from, I believe I played a video game uh, based on his adventures. Oh. He's, a, he's some kind of uh, anime character. Yeah. A thief called the wolf saves a princess from a greedy count. Yeah. And it's got a lot of that fun Miyazaki uh, trademark goofball-y mm-hmm. chase stuff. That's yep. fun. That's good fun. Yeah, it's good stuff. New on Blu-ray. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, last new on Blu-ray is is uh, another bonus round of the Make Jordan Guess It game. <laughs> the title of the film is Harry in Your Pocket. There's an exclamation point there. Yeah, I see it. Very important that there's an exclamation point there. I, I love, guess. I love, I love your tag. It says "Don't click." Bonus, don't click. And this one says "Maybe don't click." Okay, so I'm gonna try and. Oh God, the tagline is so small. I want to give you the tagline, and then do you want the year or the name of the lead? Can I get a little inside baseball with it and say, do you think I'd know the name of the lead? I, I think it's 50-50. I, th- I honestly don't know. Hmm. I kind of do, but I don't know. Maybe, I'm gonna, maybe I'm the year say would be no. more helpful I'm gonna say for you. Year. Okay. So the year is 1973 Ooh. for this film called Harry in Your Pocket. All right. The tagline is, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to do a hand motion. <laughs> <laughs> Put it down. Okay. Yeah. He's the world's greatest canon. Oh, canon is in quotation marks. Okay. All right. And I'm going to tell you, I honestly don't know what that tagline means. World's greatest canon. Harry in your pocket, 1973. He's the world's greatest canon. I tried Googling and it doesn't, th- this, it means nothing. Like I, right. I honestly right, right, don't right. know. Okay, um, I'm going to guess this is a war movie about uh, about a guy who works on a base and he's got control of like the missile launchers or whatever. And for most of the movie, he it's like a remote switch that launches him and everyone's freaking out because they can't find it. And they're very, and they're like, Harry, it's in your pocket. Okay, I like that a lot. That's not what it is. Though. Okay. I figured. I so the lead, to. I'm going to tell you the lead is James Coburn. Oh, you know okay. who that is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, a master pickpocket and his veteran partner teach a young couple the tricks of the trade. Uh, so it's he's so Harry and he's in your pocket. She's going, she's going, uh, Harry, it's in your pocket. <laughs> or it's or I think it's more like Harry, he's Harry in your pocket because oh. he's 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 picking your pocket. Mm, okay. Uh, but you know what? I, I did try and figure out what the hell, um, he's the world's greatest Canon means. Cause I thought, it's did so James Coburn weird. play a character named Canon and they were playing off of that? I have no and idea. And no, I, I went to his IMDb page. He never played someone named Canon. He was never on something called Canon. I don't know what it means. Was Canon like a term for someone who, you know, pickpocketed? I have no idea. So, that's the world that we're living in where I don't know what that means. Jeez, <laughs> oh, look at that cover. Yeah, it's really something. 
All right, so that's the end of our of, of that game. Uh, we're now going to move into TVD, which which means we play another game. Ooh. Uh the Has Jordan Seen It game. Yep. Uh, because Jordan watches a lot of TV mm-hmm. uh, from various places. Uh, new on TVD coming out is Ripper Street Season 3. I debated putting this on here because it's a BBC thing. Right. Uh, I which, do watch BBC, BBC I mean, shows. But their TV stuff is a little... A little different. Know, a little different. Yep. And I, I honestly couldn't remember what this was until I've, I, I remembered that mm-hmm. it's about, you know, they're trying to s- solve uh, m- murder mysteries in Jack the Ripper times. Yep. That's kind of what it is. And I, I was honestly surprised it's at season three right now. So would I be interested in that? I think you'd be interested. Yeah. Uh, but the I'm question to, is, did I see it? I'm trying to think of uh, your, what you what you watch mostly. Uh, I think you watch some BBC, but I don't think you've seen this one. You are correct. Okay, good. Yep. But guess what? Huh. I'm going to start watching this because <laughs> <laughs> it looks right up my alley. Mm-hmm. It's probably got like 10 episodes by now. You know how BBC. It's got two of the series on Netflix right now. Mm, there you go. Adding to my list. Oh, thank you, sir. I think maybe I'm causing a problem now. You're not causing a problem. I could always, look. If you haven't seen it, you're going to. I went to my eye doctor and he said, I use my eyes too much. Mm. Probably going to be blind by the time I'm 50. Sure. Because there is a a true story about a guy, a a scholar in ancient times, who read so many scrolls and transcribed so many things in the pursuit of keeping knowledge going forward because the scrolls were deteriorating and they needed to be updated, uh, who did go blind. When he was 40, because he, he used his eyes so much wow. every day, and his eyes just gave out. So, uh, well, I mean, I guess that kind of, I mean, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, especially in the olden times, because you're not they, supposed to they, read in the dark. They read by candlelight yeah. at night, and so he would work you're straining all day. your eyes. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, but you know what? Fuck it. Because I'm going to keep watching TV, and I'm going to keep reading, mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep uh, expanding my brain. All right, then. So... Thank you for the new show. <laughs> Good. I'm glad you're happy. Yep. Uh, all right. So that means that in just a moment, uh, we'll be back with our review of Inside Out. What separates flagons and dragons from other live play D&D podcasts? We've got high octane role play. Um, yes, this is Frank. Which I, was, I was heard that I, I was needed to be talked to. Insightful beer reviews. No, I'm going to go with a plus three to charisma for a heavy mouthfeel and a long finish. <laughs> <laughs> And even culinary tips. You want that marrow? I want and that stuff goblin sort of... on goblin taste. <laughs> Check out Flagons and Dragons in iTunes or wherever you find podcasts. So, Riley, how was the first day of school? Fine, I guess. Did you guys pick up on that? Sure oh, did. Wow. Something's wrong. Signal the husband. <clears throat> What did she say? Oh, sorry, sir. No one was listening. Is it garbage night? Uh, we left the toilet seat up. What is it, woman? What? I'm Joy. This is sadness. That's anger. What? This is disgust. Uh, and that's fear. Ah! We're Riley's emotions. <laughs> These are Riley's memories. They're mostly happy, you'll notice, not to brag. I wanted to maybe hold one. What happened? Sadness. She did something to the memory. Is everything okay? I don't know. Take your back, Joy. Great. Joy, no. Let's Wait. Go. The core memories. Ah! No, 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 no. Ah! Can I say that curse word now? Ah! Ah! What do we do? 
have a major problem. Oh, I wish Joy was here. We can fix this. We just have to get back to headquarters. That's long-term memory. You could get lost in there. Think positive. Okay. I'm positive you will get lost in there. What was that? Was it a bear? There are no bears in San Francisco. I saw a really hairy guy. He looked like a bear. This place is huge. Imagination land? No way. Dream Productions? Rainbow Unicorn. She's right there. I loved you in Fairy Dream Adventure Part 7. Okay, bye. I love you. They can't focus on what's going wrong. There's always a way to turn things around. It's Brockway. Congratulations, San Francisco. You've ruined pizza. Inside Out. It's a movie. It's a film. Yeah. Directed by... Tell me the people. Pete Doctor and Ronaldo Del Carmen. Nice. It's uh, funny a guy named Doctor did a movie about the inside of people's bodies. Well, he also did Up. Oh. He's a a guy. So I respect this person. Mm -hmm. Uh, Featuring the voice talents of Amy Poehler, Phyllis Smith, Richard Kine, Bill Hader, Louis Black, Mindy Kaling, uh, Kyle MacLachlan, Diane Lane as the parents. Mm. Good stuff. Paula Poundstone. I definitely recognized her voice when it happened yep. in the film. Yup. Uh, and, uh, you know, some others. John Ratzenberger. Yeah, of course. He's the Pixar staple. Shows up in every mm-hmm. show ship. Okay. <laughs> I can't speak. I know. It's fine. I'm so excited. Um, yeah, so this is uh, Pixar's newest film uh, for this year. Normally, they only release one film a year, uh, but they're actually going to be releasing two because one of them was delayed this year. Uh, I believe you saw the trailer for that before the start of Inside Out, which we'll talk about in a moment. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, trailer for what? The uh, uh, the good dinosaur. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, which you know, uh, if we can talk about trailers for just a moment, didn't yeah. it, didn't impress me that trailer. Yeah, it looked cool, uh, but it didn't like. I feel like as a trailer is whatever. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I didn't I get like, a handle of what was interesting about. Yeah, it felt that it, story. It did not feel like a trailer. It felt like a teaser, and it didn't feel like a Pixar trailer right in my mind like it just felt like because they usually hook you they usually have a real good hook right this one's just like yeah what if dinosaurs didn't, uh, didn't die didn't die if uh the meteor what missed? if flintstones happened right like that's essentially what i just saw Basically what if the flintstones it. was a thing i agree I'm like yeah so, okay so flintstones we've already had that yeah you're not hooking me. anyway i don't want to talk too much about okay. that uh but in uh when when you go and see a film like inside out you're going to see all the kids trailers so that's what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is a film uh, okay. about what happens inside the mind of a young girl. Right. And I was scared shitless when I sat down for this mm-hmm. because um, I didn't mentally prepare myself for the fact that I was going to see a children's movie. Ah. And I, I of course, went to the Fullerton 20, which has mm-hmm. extremely nice seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the only seats available that was still in the middle of the theater. And I got there an hour and a half before the movie started. Wow. One of the only seats that was available, like in a in a good spot where I'd have a good view of the screen near the back, because you know I have neck issues, so mm. I've got to worry about that sort of stuff. Like I'd actually have to see the five o'clock showing instead of the two fifteen showing, if it was bad enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got lucky. But the way they have it set up is they're technically love seats. Mm. Every single seat in there. Wow. And on 
in the middle there's just a thing that comes up but on either side there's big armrests mm. because it's got all the electronics for the 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 reclining chairs mm. um so i was like oh i'm gonna have to sit in a love seat with someone which is gonna be a little weird but i am going alone so mm. I, this is just the the truth of it mm. and the the theater quickly filled mm. with very young children wow very young children like there was a couple babies wow and within five seats of me mm-hmm. and i was i was going oh shit and you weren't wearing your baby repellent oh, so shit. you're worried they were gonna bite I you i usually always you into I, a baby look I, normally i never leave the house without it yeah right mm-hmm. and it's just a mild form of pepper spray because mm-hmm. i just spray the i don't spray the baby i spray the mother of the baby and as soon as i see the baby i just pepper spray the mother and they immediately run in the other direction and like thank god for this baby repellent no I, I love babies i'm like super good with kids i look like a large baby with <laughs> hair on his face i do i mean let's be real here i'm kind of a big fat baby <laughs> right like <laughs> listeners please close your eyes for a second imagine a big baby with facial hair mm. and that's what i look like so little kids love me because I am non-threatening. Even though I'm a tall dude and I'm round, I'm very non-threatening. But I was just like, oh, crap. Is this is this going to be my experience? Mm-hmm. Like, am I just going to be surrounded by kids? And the adults talked more than the kids. Well, so what, that was super annoying. What I've experienced in films like this, mm-hmm. uh, when they come with their small child, They're something will happen on talking. the screen and they have to tell their child what's happening. And they'll be like, oh, did you see that? Oh, no, you weren't because you're looking at your fucking feet. Like, or, or you, well, yeah, because <laughs> the kid will look down for a second, look up and go, where'd that come from? Where, oh, what's going it's on? It's like, well, in this scene. And yeah. then they, like the person pulls out the script of the film and right. describes well, every Let me detail. tell you about the last 15 minutes that you missed when you were looking at your shoes for five you're seconds. You're picking your nose, you little gross uh, yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> machine uh yeah so we're gonna talk about inside out uh we're gonna try something new yes this episode oh yeah we haven't even said it all right yeah <laughs> you even describe that we were describing our theater experiences <laughs> right the important look the important part not yeah. the movie the theater experience well sure that's what they're here for. let's just review theaters <laughs> oh, we can boy. just s- sit in every theater <laughs> in southern california but no theater no movie playing we just no. sit in the theater yep. for an hour we buy tickets to movies yeah. we go and sit for about 30 minutes mm-hmm. before the movie starts uh, the trailers come up we walk out and re- return our tickets mm-hmm. that's what I'm saying alright so what we're gonna try doing this time is uh, what you're about to hear from us will be a a, a review just simply a review of the right. film mm-hmm. what we thought of it what we thought of the various parts of the film mm-hmm. uh, whether or not we thought it was good uh, or bad if you should see it if you should not see it uh, who we think should see it who we think would enjoy it that kind of stuff right uh, then uh, we will also be uh, uh, having a discussion of everything that happens in the film right and we will put that at the end of the show we'll get into the nitty-gritty uh if you want all of those details you just got to stick around to the end mm-hmm. uh, but if you want just a review that's what we're going to give you right now which is good if you haven't seen the film yeah. and you're listening to this and you're asking yourself should i go see this should i take my kids mm-hmm. you know whatever that's what this segment is going to be for yeah and if and then you'll want to skip the end Go see the movie, and then you can come back and listen to the end. Yeah. And you'll get more out of it because you've just seen it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, as I said, uh, Pete Doctor, Ronaldo Del Carmen directed this film. It's a Pixar film, mm-hmm. animated feature. Everything's animated. Uh, <laughs> it takes place inside of a girl's, a young girl's head uh, as she goes on a both. journey. It's well, both. yeah, it's, it's her journey. We, we get a view inside her head mm-hmm. of what's going on. 
and uh, the the emotions that uh, kind of control her or a part of her, if you, however you want to say it's it, kind of make up her brain. Yeah, her personality in a way. Although the the movie kind of dictates what makes up personality, which we can talk about at the end of the show. Yeah, it it uh, it simplifies right uh, because this is uh, you know supposed to be just a kids' film, and they even have a remark early on. Uh, where where uh, the uh, supposedly I I would say the main character Joy mm-hmm. uh, mentions that uh, she is simplifying the details of what's going on in the brain because it's all complicated because it's anyway. all complicated and this is just a construct. But the five the five emotions uh, that I represented are joy, fear, anger, disgust, and sadness. Right. Uh, and I'll have to tell you, going into this film, I thought I don't know how disgust is going to work. Right. I honestly didn't know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like uh, she was used well. Perfectly. Yeah. I, I feel like it made sense where they needed, uh, uh, especially it's... there's there's a scene um, uh, at a family dinner mm-hmm. where disgust is used in a way that I didn't think of, maybe because I'm dumb or maybe because, <laughs> I don't know. Just didn't think of it that way. Uh, but but disgust covers things like sarcasm. Right. Which I thought was, oh, there you go. Yeah. That works. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah. So, what did you think of... Um, you know, Amy Poehler as Joy. Fantastic. Yeah. I think after watching her for all these years on Parks and Rec See, as Leslie Nope, who is a character full of hope, uh-huh. uh, who she embodies the can-do attitude and spirit. Oh, 100%. And then when you come to this film, it's like, yeah, of course, that's, that's, that's the voice of Joy. It's perfect. Yeah. In every way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the funny thing is, didn't recognize her voice. Really? Like, I know her voice because I have seen a lot of Parks and Rec. Mm. Haven't finished it, but I have seen a lot of it. And uh, now that you say it, Yeah. Like, I imagine the real manifestation of joy, and that is one hundred percent her. Like, it's perfect. Uh, Louis perfect Black casting as anger. Yes, was perfect. I love I, Louis Black, anyways. And he, when I saw his name on, uh, like, on the trailer mm-hmm. or heard his voice on the trailer, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's, I mean, that's his bit on like the Daily Show mm-hmm. and his. Stand-up. Yeah, he's angry he's about just everything. Angry, right? And so, it's fantastic. Kind of, it really works there. And I really love. Before or we'll get, or I'll just talk about it when you when you continue. Go ahead. I don't know. I was going to just keep going through people. That's what I'm saying. Do whether it. Whether or not they're good. Do it. Or not. Um, Bill Hader was the voice of fear. Right. Uh, that was a character that I really enjoyed. Yep. Uh, I kind of wish there was more to him though. Yeah. And in the in the way that I I don't imagine uh, the voice that Bill Hader was doing or just Bill Hader's voice as as a, a fear voice. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just didn't, something didn't connect it, there it, for me, but I really liked the character. Yeah, and it encapsulated, like, everything that fear does. It did, it did a good job of, like, when we think of fear, like, a lot of it is like, oh, what is your phobia, stuff mm-hmm. like that. But fear is really something that is designed in the brain to protect us. Mm-hmm. So, in that, in that respect, it was perfectly... Yeah, that's what... Yeah. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. And, and I really enjoyed the fact that we had a movie about a young girl but we still had male voices in her head. Yeah. Like that was interesting. It could have gone all female mm. and it didn't. And mm. I really enjoyed that there was this kind of dichotomy of like different aspects inside of her Which head. I think we'll get more into the discussion about this, but there is uh, a couple of moments where we see into other characters' right. heads, which was a total surprise for me, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll save it for the discussion of yep. what, what goes on in yep, those, yep, yep, those yep. head things. Uh, but yeah, it's it was, but I also really enjoyed that um, inside the the girl's head, the the two the two main emotions, the two emotions that go on an adventure, mm-hmm. uh, sadness, sadness and joy, and joy, uh, which are they are female voices, yeah, which you think of as kind of opposing mm-hmm. emotions, 
and uh, you also think uh, in in my mind, I think of um, sadness as negative. Mm-hmm. I, I well, I think of anger and sadness as both more negative. And I think in a more traditional film, I don't know, I, I, traditional isn't really the word I'm looking for, but a more classically structured kind of film, right. anger or sadness would be the villain. Right. Would be an out-and-out villain. Would right. be a, yep. a, a useless emotion that's only there to cause trouble. And and yet I think w- the message of this film, uh, part of the message are is we that... Gonna get, are we going to get into discussion about this or are we well, going to talk about I, it right I now? I want to say, I just want to say the message is that all the emotions are useful. Yes. It's every... You you need life is complex, so you need multiple emotions to deal with it, yeah. and that it's okay to be sad. Mm-hmm. It's in you don't have to be happy all the time. Mm-hmm. Anger and sadness and fear and disgust they all have a place in a healthy person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what do you think of Phyllis Smith as sadness? Was she good? You know, I never heard of her before, but she I was on she The good. Office yeah, and I ne- I Bad Teacher. It. Never watched it. Yeah, I thought she did a fantastic job mm-hmm. as a voice actor. What do you think of? Uh, that old Mindy Kaley as pretty disgust. Perfect. Pretty, pretty perfect. Because uh, that's I. Uh, I think that's a character that she does. A uh, type that she does on what Mindy Project, which, which I, I don't would, care for I at all. But I don't watch it because uh, yeah. But sarcasm is definitely a, a thing that she does well. Yep, and that's, it was perfect for her. That's disgust. Yep. Really good voice cast. Yeah, I'm very happy with I, how they norm- turned out. Normally, I would get really like weird and picky about voice cast because. Mm-hmm. Um, I either think if you're going for a celebrity name on a voice cast, uh, you're not going to get a good voice unless that's what they're known for, doing a, doing a voice mm-hmm. or being a voice. Because voice actors are paid for the fact that they can make their voice well. sound a certain way. Mm-hmm. And if you're getting like a, just a big name, then it's just recognizing that person's voice. And, and This is the good mix of both. Right, right. And what did you think of Diane Lane and Kyle MacLachlan as her parents? I did not know that was Diane Lane until literally five minutes ago. Yeah. So I was excited for Kyle MacLachlan because I, I, I liked him a lot on Agents and of S.H.I.E.L.D. Me too. recently. Uh, where he's a crazy dad. Uh, and I think he just, he plays a dad. I think that's just what he's he should do dad. now for the rest of his life. He's and a I, good dad. I see it, see yep. it forever. I'm all about he needs to be like a father somehow a father in uh twin peaks just randomly like oh here's this kid i we never spoke about we never spoke about before yeah uh do we want to talk about there's a character that shows up like 40 minutes in i don't know how long how long in he shows up that character are we going to talk about him or i don't know but he's he's uh i'll say he's voiced by richard kind yeah and i thought that was perfect right because i i heard uh this this character's voice and I immediately was like, I know that voice, but it's, I don't it's know perfect where I know it for from. this character. Right. And it's, yes, it's got all the levity mm-hmm. that that character needs. Yeah. And uh, when the credits rolled, I went, ah, of course. Perfect. Yep. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah, it was perfect. Uh, and, and yeah. I mean, we can talk about uh, a little bit about uh, the, the, the concepts that they show the yeah. visually. Uh, Pixar nails it with, with... Complex themes mm. distilled down into a very beautiful and playful imagery Mm -hmm. like because they're talking about some really deep like concepts here but it's all displayed in this very kid-friendly way Mm -hmm. that is just it's fantastic i love the way this movie looked but please continue uh no and there's almost like um a dreamlike quality to to the the emotions they're kind of like fuzzy in a weird way yeah joy was like really fuzzy yeah all of all the emotions were fuzzy in a strange like right they had a like they were a little ephemeral Mm -hmm. and they kind of even in their form kind of represented that feeling Mm -hmm. a little bit you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like uh, sadness, kind of had an Ebo haircut the whole time. <laughs> just saying, and was in a sweater. And I think a, that's like just a in weird... a sweater the whole time. Yeah, 
uh yeah there was and there was a lot of fun uh, like visually mm -hmm. uh the the concept of inside the brain uh memories are like marbles i love the rube goldberg machine of the whole like just the design of the whole process the way the brain worked mm -hmm. like the memory train like all of that was just incredible. Yeah. Like really cool stuff. And you're right. The marble system and the way they kind of flush the day's events down at the end of the day. Yeah. And then they decide what to keep later. Right. And, and certain memories are core memories or what yep. they call them. And that, they make up who you make are. Make up yeah. who you are as a person. And it's like, yeah, that's that's true. Like yeah. I feel like that that rings true in such a way that that makes this interesting. Yeah. So and that's, then, that's pretty cool. And then an even taxel, like the memories find that there's this whole other side that's going on in long-term memory that they don't even know about mm -hmm. and how that interplays with like, yeah, we forget things. Mm -hmm. So what happens to those memories? Mm -hmm. Like it even covers that, which mm -hmm. it didn't have to. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of fun uh, sequences, like when they uh, when they go to a, a dream production studio. Oh, that's great. That was great. The what I thought was really interesting. So uh, again, I'll say I think a lesser film uh, would go for. So the besides the emotions, uh, the a lot of the other characters that we see in this inside the mind are kind of like weirdly bean shaped characters that right. don't really have a name. They don't really get called the the somethings like they're the whatevers like they they're don't just have a, the creatures that work in that. They area. just work in the brain. Mm -hmm. That's what they do. And I think a lesser film would give them a, a cute name. You yep. know, make them try the to make thing. them more characters. Yeah, but they didn't need to be. The ones that were characters were perfect for a gag. Like yep. they were they were there for a joke. Mm -hmm. Like the the there was a joke about how sometimes they'll they'll make you remember a jingle oh that that ended up being hilarious and so true like takes a concept that is true to life mm -hmm. that is like something that affects people almost every day mm -hmm. and and is a commentary on like advertisement and like sensationalism and the fact that those things are actually designed to do that mm -hmm. and that some part of your brain is having a laugh at you yeah and that they're doing it on like, purpose remember this you're calling up a they're calling up one memory, but they're sending that one up just for fun. Mm -hmm. It's hilarious. It's yeah. really good. That's good. But also represents a plot hole that we can talk about in discussion. Yeah, you know, I thought of that. And I, I was know just exactly like, what you're meaning. And I was like, I and I was like, exactly what you, you mean. could just do that one thing and you're good. Yeah. You yeah. just do that five times. But I. And I have, even stuff yourself in that little I hole a, and go a, up there and you're good. I have a response. We'll save that for discussion. Okay. All right. Because uh, that was the only. Uh, out of the whole movie, I was like. Just do that. Mm -hmm. Just do that, and we're done. Oh, sorry. Unplugging my headphones. <laughs> Lots of fun. You need those. Woo! All right. Uh, I also wanted to uh, just more about the the structure of the film. Mm -hmm. uh, I, in a weird way, I want to compare this to Brave. Right. Do you, Do you recall the events of Brave? Did you ever see it? Here we go. I've seen parts of it. Okay. I, you know, I don't. I've blame seen you. everything up to the bears. Okay. Uh, so uh, one of my problems I remember uh, initially with with Brave um, was that it's everyone made a big deal that it was a Pixar princess. Right. Everyone made a big deal that it was a female protagonist. Mm -hmm. uh, sure, love that. That's all Hello. great. Mm -hmm. My problems came where uh, her journey uh, as a character only worked where she was doing um, like more masculine actions. Right, right. She had to take up, uh, like, you know, taking up a weapon isn't really necessarily masculine, mm -hmm. but the way that she tackled her problems wa was, was, uh, I don't know, I, I can't remember how exactly I described it, but it was more like she had issue, emotional issues, in Brave, she had emotional issues with her mother, mm -hmm. but the way that she tackled them was, was almost through uh, 
Defeminizing herself. Yeah, that's I, weird. I don't. I don't know how to describe it. It's. It, okay. But, but in that way, I feel like Pixar failed that movie. Mm-hmm. But in this, in but in the exact opposite way, they made this movie work because. Oh there, yeah. The, the, how she deals with her problems. How the main the the little girl. I don't remember Riley. Riley how Riley deals with the problems isn't she, she doesn't turn her mother into a bear. She she it's all in her head. It's all emotional. It's mm-hmm. all about uh, how, you know, an internal struggle. It's an internal struggle. It's literally an internal struggle, which is, I think, what Brave could have been mm-hmm. because it was literally just, I you know, this this girl doesn't want to get married and wants to and, and is fighting with her mother about it. Mm-hmm. That's Brave. And in um, Inside Out. Yeah. It's, you know, she doesn't like that she moved. Yeah. And that's an internal struggle. And it's it's like a big like it's the perfect set piece for this movie. It's the perfect like in the middle of a life like this is the story to tell mm-hmm. because this is a chaotic moment for anybody. Like the movie does a great thing where yes, it's from Riley's point of view, but we're seeing everybody in the family affected by this. Mm-hmm. Like this is affecting everyone. Mm-hmm. And it makes a good point of saying like everyone's having a hard time and how is how is that a traumatic event and and why is that such a big deal mm-hmm. and and it, and, and it does a beautiful job and why why is, is why are her reactions the way that they are to this yeah it's it's kind of ex- explaining that internally in a way where uh, uh we see the emotions are are figuring out wait well now who's in charge now what's going on mm-hmm. and that's that's really interesting yep I think that, and and in that, what I said before, uh, in a strange way, there is no villain yeah. in this movie. None. This is an animated film without a bad guy, which is incredible. It's absolutely incredible. I think, and I think it's it's perfect though, yeah. because it, this is the kind of struggle where you can't just look at someone and say, "Oh, if I blow you up, then my problems right. are solved." Because this, because is, that's ninety percent of movies, and this is, and it's because this is a almost true representation of a real life struggle that people have, mm-hmm. and in real life. Like sometimes life is just the way it is. There's mm-hmm. not a bad guy. Like you're just dealing with things, yep. and this does it perfectly. Yeah. All right. So, anything else with good or bad um, before we will wrap this I up thought, and hit discussion? I thought everything looked great. Mm-hmm. Um, the voice acting was perfect. Um, I don't know. Definitely see this movie. If yeah, you have, I'm a, I'm if you have say... kids, if you're in a, I mean, even if you don't have kids, mm-hmm. like there's a lot. The message of this film will come across to you. Yeah, and it's still it's funny. It's very funny. It's not very funny. It's not a juvenile humor. It's not mm-hmm. a kids only. It's you know the Pixar style is just, making something that everyone can enjoy. Just that one uh, commercial gag over and oh, over yeah. again was played perfectly. Yeah, perfectly because it came up in parts where you didn't expect it, and it's just and that's just one small joke that comes up again mm-hmm. and again. Like there's there's a lot here. It's mm-hmm. good stuff. Uh. No, I forgot what exactly I was going to say, but but I liked it a lot. I really would recommend seeing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say as a as a fan of uh, you know Pixar in general, mm-hmm. I honestly wasn't looking forward to this film because right. I didn't know what I was getting into. Yeah, the trailer, uh, yeah, definitely told what this movie is about, but didn't make me want to see it, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but you definitely should. And uh, it doesn't matter if you get a drink at the concession stand mm-hmm. or you get popcorn or anything. Pick up some napkins on the way to the theater. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that in the discussion, I the discussion regretted, hole. I regretted not having napkins uh-huh. in the theater. And I almost asked someone next to me, but I decided not to. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, can I have a napkin? Someone that you're sharing that love seat with? Yeah. 
Yeah. The, the, the grandpa. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So um, that's it for our review. Uh, you can hear our discussion at the end of the podcast. Yep. We're now going to move into uh, what's coming out new in theaters. Uh, Ted 2, Max, uh, Big Game, and The Little Death. You did that real quick? Yep. I thought we'd just get out of the way. <clears throat> All right, good. Yep. So that's it, right? Yep. I'm going to read the synopsis for Ted 2. It's, uh, Wait, what are you doing? Hold it's on. Who Cares? Slow down. Uh, it's basically <laughs> the plot of the movie. All right. Andrew, your turn. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't understand what you're doing right now. Before we play Guess the Ending... Uh, let's give some thanks uh, first to uh, Silent Partner, who do who does does our theme song. He does music. Uh, Sophomore Makeout is our theme song by Silent Partner. We got that from the YouTube Audio Library, oh, and so you can good. too. Yep, you just go there and they let you use their musics. It's pretty awesome. It's a great place. If you like our logo, it was done by Justin Kizan. Uh He does writings and more at Agents of Guard. That's agentsofguard.com. Nice. It's a website where you can read about nerdy stuff. If you like reading about comic books or about movies or TV shows, they got all that there. Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? Wrestling. It's really weird. You know who writes about wrestling? Uh, who? Matt Benson, who I do a show with called Shut Up, Leonard. What? Every week we talk about the TV show community. And uh, even though it's not on the air anymore, it's, in the, it's on the air in our hearts. Right. And so uh, we're currently recapping and reviewing season three episode by episode. So go to shutupleonard.com to find out more about that. We also have another show that we do with David King, Matt Benson, myself, and David King. Mm-hmm. We write brand new uh, uh, choose your own adventure style stories. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, for a podcast that we call Pick Your Path. Nice. If you go to benviewnetwork.com slash PYP, you'll find all those episodes. And it's an enhanced podcast. So if you're listening, uh, perhaps on an iDevice, an mm-hmm. Apple device, uh, you're set. Uh, enhanced podcasts work just fine on there. And that means that they have chapters. So yep. as and you're you listening, skip to them. you make your choices much as you would in a Choose Your Own Adventure novel. It's awesome. Check that out. Uh, if Tom is here, he'd tell you about his website, optograb.org. And uh, he writes for Weedwave, readwave.com. And he writes short stories that he puts on Amazon and Smashwords. You can find out more about all that at optograb.org. Jordan. I do a little bit of streaming over at a website called GamerAssaultWeekly.com. It's mostly on the Twitch channel at twitch.tv backslash GamerAssaultWeekly, all one word. And uh, we do streaming Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, I don't know what's on the docket this week, but we have a couple new people on, so definitely come by. We also started up our kind of rekindled, if you will, our YouTube channel. So we're going to have a lot of Let's Plays up. And, you know, just kind of have a lot of material. So definitely uh, look out uh, for Gamer Salt Weekly on YouTube. And uh, we'll hope you come by because it's a lot of fun. We have a lot of interaction with our viewers. So you're, you're not going to be bored. Let's just say that. Good. Uh, and uh, if you enjoy podcasts or, uh, you know, podcasts that we've mentioned uh, just recently or even ones like Popsicles, Radio mm-hmm. Brendo Man, Comic Nerds Unite, Star Wars Nerds Unite, and more, go to BenViewNetwork.com. Mm-hmm. Find all of those there, all the wonderful podcasts on the BenView Network. Uh, and our personal website is nevpodcast.com, but that just takes you right to BenView Network. Right. We're just all right there. All of them. You can email us, nevpodcast at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter, at nevpodcast, and my personal Twitter, at podcasterandrew. And I'm at truevalk. All right. It's now time for Guess the Ending. You'll never guess. 
how it ends. Look, I just, I'm sorry about earlier. Mm. I just felt like n- neither of us are going to guess the ending for Ted 2. Yeah, neither of us I took just, that bait. I just wanted to make sure that people knew what the plot synopsis was. Yeah. And it, it, it comes in two words, and I just wanted to give those out to everyone so they knew. Yeah. But uh, let's well, get Well, no, you didn't even get to the, the, I thought, the best part of my... So w- when I write down all of the new th- films coming out, yeah, I, you, I, you, I put yeah, in all this information. How would you, how would you comment? Uh, it's more like uh, like editor commentary a little bit. This one is, for sure. A little bit of... I pull, uh, them, I pull them from IMDb yep. normally, but this and you time... you usually just copy and paste it, but you, I did not you copy gave, and paste it, you gave it your own... Uh, Ted 2, I, I, I said it's starring Marky Mark, the director, of course. Of course. And not Mila Kunis. Not Mila Kunis. And uh, you know what? Who cares? Who cares? That's, yep. That's just so dumb. Exactly. But let's get on to so the dumb. real part of this show. All right. I'm going to guess the ending for a film called Max, which I have seen the trailer for more times than I ever wanted to ever in my life. I think I just zone out. It's directed. Like I love dogs, mm-hmm. but I just zone out whenever this trailer comes it's on. So bad, right? It's so bad. I feel bad for uh, everyone I'm involved. Gonna, I'm going to mention all the people in it, and I'm going to feel bad for two of them. <laughs> this is directed by Boaz Yakin. Sure, that's a name. Mm-hmm. Starring Thomas Hayden Church. Feel bad for him. Josh Wiggins, Luke Kleintank, and Lauren Graham. Feel bad for her. Yep. I mean, she's getting paid. I guess she's getting money. All right, here we go. A dog that helped U.S. Marines in Afghanistan returns to the U.S. and is adopted by his handler's family after suffering a traumatic experience. Now, I'm going to tell you... That's not picking up on the microphone. Don't worry about it. Okay. I'm going to tell you, I've seen this trailer enough times to know what the actual plot is, (laughs) but then I'm going to tell you that there's a secret plot that they're not telling you. So what the trailer shows is that the dog has to come... The dog comes back because his handler uh, is killed. And uh, he goes to the handler's family. And mm-hmm. somehow the little brother, who never cared about anything ever in his life, mm-hmm. is the only one who can care for this dog because the dog is, uh, you know, it's like a weird thing where it's like it's in the family. Yeah, it's imprinted yeah. and needs to be with a family What I'm going to tell you is the secret plot is that uh, what this dog and his handler found in Afghanistan was some secret voodoo sci-fi shit. What? And it wasn't the brother who died. But the dog, they switched brains. <gasps> the brother's brain is in the dog. And that's why Holy crap. he's mad at everyone. But he thinks his brother is going to understand. So that's why he's nice to the brother. And he's like, look, I'm, you know, he's trying to speak regular human language, but he's a dog. So it doesn't come out right. Uh-huh. And so he's mad at everyone. But with his brother, he's like, yeah, it's cool. My brother's here. That's incredible. And so he's really nice to him. And so that's why um, they, they bond even more yeah. as brothers. And then at the end, when the little brother finally realizes, wait, that's not a dog. That's my brother. What? Then his brother is able to move on to the next world, and the dog dies, which is sad, oh. but it's closure. Yeah, that's It's good. for real closure. Yeah, that makes sense. And, uh, you know, he does like a, a paw print thing on the sand or something. Oh it's a big emotional heartfelt yeah, that's moment. Yeah, it's a little uh, on the nose. It's super on the nose, on the dog nose, you um, might even say. Yep. But yeah, I think that's totally how it ends. Yep. Okay. Uh, I've got big game. Taken by Jamari Hellander. You might even say he's got big game. He's got a big game. Uh, Sam motherfucking Jackson. Oni... Is, that his, is that his middle name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what uh, the L stands for? Legally changed. L stands for motherfucking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. On, a, on the same podcast that we talk about this kids movie that's super uh-huh. cute and great for the families. Yep. <laughs> hey, look. 
we got to earn that explicit tag. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oni Tamila, uh, Ray Stevenson, and Victor, Gar- Victor Garber. A young teenager camping in the woods helps rescue the President of the United States when Air Force One is shot down near his campsite. Uh, I've seen the trailer for this too, which makes me want to see it, but let's get into it. Uh, this young boy, he's camping in the woods in Europe, and he's hanging out, and uh, the weird thing is is he's actually part Native American, but his uh, family moved off the reservation and because they didn't want to... I mean, the whole situation is... As some people know, it's pretty bad there. Um, so his family moved to Europe and started, you know, kind of using their culture as uh, they, they started making things, like using what they learned in their tribe and started making things. And people in Europe paid a lot of money for it because they saw it as kind of a touristy thing, but at the same time, it was authentic. So his family's doing pretty well, but to his father before his father died uh taught him how to live off the land how to be 100 percent with nature and it took some change because obviously it's a different climate in europe but he ends up just feeling more at peace and you know more of himself in nature than he does uh with people so he spends a lot of time in the woods and he's he's uh camped out there and he's kind of enjoying himself he's hunting for food with a bow and arrow like he's straight up in sync with nature you know and he makes his own um like uses everything for the animal like he's all the way there Mm -hmm. and he notices one night that he sees uh a plane coming over and it's much lower than normal and he sees it get attacked and it's gets hit with missiles and everything and um just watches it explode it's the craziest thing he's ever seen because he's he lives a relatively calm life in in the in the woods and uh he sees the president's escape pod, which looks like a freaking mission control NASA mm-hmm. uh, lunar lander pod, float out of the sky, and he can see it from his campsite. He's like, holy crap. So he quickly, you know, shuts his campsite down, packs everything up. Looks like he's never been there. He's freaking, mm-hmm. he's practically a ranger from Lord of the Rings. I'm just saying. And uh, <clears throat> he goes over there, and he... At this point, like, he sees all this happen, but he hasn't been in the... Like, he was born in the United States, so he's technically a citizen, but he's never seen the president before. He's not aware of what's happening in the United States or anything. He just saw a big plane explode and a freaking capsule come down. So the capsule opens up, and he's got a bow and arrow ready because he doesn't know what's coming out of this thing, right? So he's ready to shoot the president, and the president's like, I'm the president, and he's like... Okay, and he goes, of the United States. First words that come in. I'm the president. Yeah, I'm the president. <laughs> he kicks the door yeah. of the escape pod open. Yeah, yeah. exactly. He, he goes, doesn't I'm even care president. that anyone's, he doesn't even no. know anyone's there. No. He just thinks I should announce this. I'm the president, and birds fly away and everything. It just echoes <laughs> through the woods. Through the woods. Yeah. yeah. And then he just, the kid's unfazed. <laughs> Arrow pointed at the president's face. And the kid goes, okay. And the president realizes he's there. And he goes, of the United States. And he's like, all right. And he's like, you've got to help me. People are trying to kill me. And he goes, all right. And it ends up being this kind of like buddy cop thing where it's like two people, but they're very different. Uh, Kind of Iron Man 3-esque where it's a little kid. But instead of Iron Man, because in that Iron Man was more, you know, Robert Downey Jr. was more of the capable one and the kid was kind of helping out. Mm -hmm. This is the opposite. Sam Jackson the president of the United States. 
uh, yes, he's the president and he has some military experience, so he knows how to survive, but he's unaware. Like, he's never been in these woods before, whereas the kid knows this area. So it's his job. Uh, he realizes, like, I need to help this guy out. You know what I mean? Like, if it was, if this was happening to me, I would want someone to help me, and I obviously have the skills to help him. And through the course of the film, uh, the bad guys are trying to kill him. The kids using his smarts of the forest to develop traps, a la predator style. Mm. They even get coated in mud at one yeah, point for no reason, but the because the bad guys are using thermal sensors, mm. right? It's nuts, right? And at the very end, uh, the kid is like shooting pilots out of helicopters it's nuts it's just straight up action and uh he ends up uh at the end of the movie it gets strangely political because the president is so happy with what happened that he uh he declares like a national day for this kid he ends up sending lots of relief to the reservations to kind of stop crime and stuff like that which ends up being kind of a volatile situation because they you know people on the reservation don't want the government's help because there's all this animosity after years of being downtrodden that's and their culture only, being destroyed. That's only big game too. Yeah. But Another in big, big game, game. too, it's like uh, the real game begins. <laughs> and, uh, begins. but it, it, this one ends on a high note. It's like, yeah, things are going to change for the better. Okay. And that, that's how the movie ends. Wow. Yep. Uh, bad guy uh, dies with an arrow in his face. Of course. Yeah. Please. Yep. Maybe two. He's in a helicopter. Oh, okay. And the kid shoots from like on the ground. Yeah. Like the helicopter's coming up a cliff Mm -hmm. and it's that whole scene where you're like, oh crap, a helicopter. And the kid, like it's supposed to be this long drawn out scene, but the kid just takes an arrow and just shoots him in the face and it's over. Mm -hmm. Yep. That scene's in 3D, right? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, you watch, you see it from the bad guy's point of view and the arrow comes out of the screen and you're like, ah, and you dodge out of the way. Uh It's cool. All right. So the rest of the movie's not in 3D. No. Just Just that. that part. Yeah. That's There's a little thing for. that comes up on screen. Put on your glasses now. <laughs> and then after the scene ends, take off your glasses now. Yep. Uh, we can now end the guessing. Ended. We've done it. If any of those endings are correct, please email us. Or if you like any of those endings better than the real endings, email <laughs> us and tell us that. Please. Please. <sighs> but we know they're real. Of course they're real. Yeah. We know everything. Definitely. About movies. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. Yep. Uh, so uh, next week we'll be reviewing Dope, Dope, uh, which just came out this week. Yeah, uh, but we think it's important. We think it's more important than Ted Two. Definitely, I'm going to be seeing Big Game, mm-hmm. so I might bring it up next week mm-hmm. and let you know how true my we, guess was. We might, we might save it for a bonus episode. Okay, who knows? You know what? We need more bonus episodes, so I'm not going to argue with you. Yeah, we got a couple in the vault. I'm so happy. Pull them out when it's time. I'm just waiting. Uh, So until next week, this has been episode 230 of Nerds Eye View. I'm Andrew. I'm Jordan. See ya. Because oh, then I know yeah. they're not related. I guess. It's just an easy way to go. You guys aren't related. <laughs> we just kind of messed up. But at the same time, it's... Jordan's vault is the separate the races vault. No, no, no. But see... Vault text sent no, you but see, that said... It's not separate the races because separate. because they have babies. What are you talking about? I put them I, in the room together because I know they're not related. Oh, then you're the mix of the races I'm vault. mixing all the races. By the time vault I'm done, said. everyone's going to just be a shade of gray. <laughs> 
I like to think what memo did I get from the vault. Right. I don't know what memo I got yet. Right. I'm going to find out. Hey, what it's experiment? Gonna get bad. Right? Imagine a year after this game comes out, we're like knee deep in playing Fallout 4, and then all of a sudden everyone gets an update where it's like, you need to do this to your people. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh shit. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com. Discussion time. Discussion time. Uh, we have notes. We did not, in our review segment, talk about the short that played before. But it was good. Uh, it was very good. It's called Lava. Lava. It's about a lonely volcano. And, and you will how many? How many and shorts? if you don't, then you're a bad person. I don't right? remember the last time I saw a short that was a musical. Yeah, this was all singing. All singing. It was a song. Uh, it was it, just it was one a Hawaiian song, song. And it was, it was nice. It was great. It was like <laughs> it, I was like, oh, this it is, killed me. This is a nice song, I and then died. and then it's just like I was like, oh, it's just like, damn. <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> it died. It was, was really like, good. I hope little kids aren't like disturbed by this grown man crying. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, like, God, I'm in this theater by myself and I'm making a spectacle of myself. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all I'm going to say. It was good. It was I really mean, good. Uh, and a perfect pairing with this because it's it's kind of commenting on like loss and companionship and all mm-hmm. this stuff. And the movie tackles that as well. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a really smart decision to put this short with this with Inside Out. It was really good. Uh, something that... And beautiful too. Really, really nice. Yeah, really good. I really liked mm-hmm. the animation. Um, because that could have been really weird, but it comes across really good. And the, and I mean the, you know, the title is a is a joke, mm-hmm. so it's good. Yep, you get a little laugh mm-hmm. as you're as you're wiping the tears away. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into discussion of Inside Out. Okay. Uh, I know Julian is making fun of me mm-hmm. because oh man, I was I was a baby. The right. whole the whole thing. Uh, what something that I I briefly mentioned in the review, but now for the discussion we'll. We'll get into it. Uh, sadness mm-hmm. is a useful character, right? Cent- central and mm-hmm. not you know worthless. Like and, and Joy, the entire film is trying to stop her from really doing her job. Yeah, like sadness at the at the beginning of the film just fills this need to like start changing things. Yeah, and it's a really interesting commentary on the fact that no, Riley is sad. Mm-hmm. All Joy is doing is stopping her from having a cathartic experience Mm -hmm. like she needs to be sad she needs to deal with her emotions deal with her trauma dealing with everything that's going on because if she sits there and just pretends to be happy it's only going to get worse Mm -hmm. and like joy thinks she's helping because she ever used to being in charge right and as a child yes like there's not a lot of things to be sad about when Mm -hmm. you're young Mm -hmm. there just isn't um well i mean sometimes there is but like She's been in the driver's seat and almost and through the commentary of all, of all the characters, you realize she's always been in the driver's seat and everyone's kind of letting her take the, the, the wheel. Mm-hmm. And um, that's there's a there's a really great thing because you get to see into other people's heads and their setup's totally different. Yeah, like I, in the dad's point of view, uh, in the mom's point of view, like in the mom's point of view, it's a round table. They don't even really have. Well, but the at the center of the table was uh, sadness. Yeah, 
and, it, and, and it she was, was like, controlling everything and she wasn't like a super huge downer but uh-huh. it was kind of like it shows that the mother is centered somewhere else yeah or at least at this moment mm-hmm. she is she is also maybe sad about the move or sad about yeah. uh and that's her, why her she's, husband has she's got the reins as seeing. it will yeah right and then but then when you get to the dad uh i mean there's it's the great gag about fantastic they're all watching sports yeah <laughs> they all have mustaches yep which is hilarious to see because they look exactly the same as in in the the girl's head, right? But with mustaches, they all have mustaches. Uh, and uh, it seems maybe anger's in control. We don't know. Yeah, it doesn't really seem who's who's the lead. They're kind of working by committee. They're, they're no a one, team. It, no one really <laughs> wants to take the leadership. You can tell. No one wants to have the reins. Yes. They're kind of just playing it. Yeah, it's it's pretty great yeah that's a really great that's really funny uh-huh and then how, how they show the different uh different setups of course yeah. of course and when you look at the console inside riley's head it does look kind of childish you mm. imagine like at a playground if you had like a fake you know command ship control panel that's mm. what it would look like mm-hmm. and at the end of the film we get like her new setup yeah which has room for all of the emotions yep. there's like equal Sections parts all this them, thing yeah. yeah they each have their role mm. like it's kind of reaffirming the fact that she's becoming more complicated as a person mm-hmm. so she needs that much more of like a uh of a more granular approach would you say also in that same way uh when we got into the heads of of the adults were mm-hmm. you surprised that there weren't more emotions like i can't even think of what else to add but it just <laughs> it it feels i mean there's a crap ton of emotions like i saw an article online of like here's the 21 emotions that could have been in the film and okay. here's the actors that could have played them and it was oh, actually a really well, good article sure. um, well uh the comedian you know comedian dc pearson mm-hmm. you know of his work he yeah. he had a tweet uh that i i really enjoyed i favored it it was um uh christoph waltz will be, in inside out will be playing Sch- schadenfreude yeah schadenfreude <laughs> it's like, like okay that's, that's perfect pretty great that's a little bit on the nose <laughs> and you imagine he's just sitting in the back of the room never controlling it but every yeah. once in a while going that's great uh-huh. <laughs> Just every once in a while, and everyone's like, "You're so mean." And he's like, "No, that's that's great." Yeah. <laughs> when so, someone falls or something, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was I was a little surprised uh, if they. I mean, I don't think. Uh, I mean, Pixar is now in a weird way where they're doing a lot of sequels, uh-huh. but I don't know if they could I don't do want a, sequel a sequel to Inside Out. I don't want to. I. But here's the weird thing. I I'd be okay with new characters, mm-hmm. a whole new everybody yeah but just i mean i feel like this is perfect and doesn't need a sequel because it's hitting at that time in riley's life where it's not overly complicated no but if they did an inside out too it would be not riley yeah it could be anyone but see because I feel, everyone has these things in their head i agree but i feel like it kind of i mean it's not necessary at all in 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 this in the credits it already did that i don't need mm-hmm. i don't need it i saw the inside of everybody's head <laughs> yeah, and i'm good now it's true and that was hilarious. Even down to dogs and cats. So awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't need another one. And I feel like it's kind of doing like a color palette thing with the emotions. Like, oh, yeah. Like, like they blend in ways to where they will represent other emotions mm-hmm. to where these are the primary emotions. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand. And, yeah, and yeah. they'll mix in a way that fits into the other categories. And that's mm-hmm. why we just kept with that structure, mm-hmm. even in the adults. Uh, but just, just because to, if you notice in the mom, it was perfect because they were all working in tandem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's the way it would work is they're kind of everything's a mix. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's how they get away with just keeping those. 
but but specifically, I wanted to point to the scene where where uh, sadness consoles the uh, the character Bing Bong, right? The imaginary character who Riley had forgotten about, and yeah. is, is voiced by Richard Kind. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's sad because his rocket ship got thrown into the abyss. Where and he's forgotten. also been forgotten, and he himself is forgotten. Yeah, and he sits down to have a have a cry, and Joy just says, "No, get up and be happy," and that's like an inappropriate response right. I just feel that scene gets to the point where it's awkward yes and then that's where you as an audience go oh yeah this is this is sadness's turf yeah and then she steps in there and she says just the right thing mm-hmm. and it's like this is this is the appropriate way that sadness is used because and, and it's, is, is it's cathartic yeah, yeah. It, it it and that later comes into play when joy's looking at one of the memories that she she looks at one of the core memories mm-hmm. and sees it as only a joy thing and then rewinds it Mm-hmm. all the way back to before that happened because she had forgotten that Riley had lost the game that day yeah. and felt super sad and realized that if sadness had not stepped in, mm-hmm. that the parents wouldn't have known that something was wrong mm-hmm. and they wouldn't have consoled her and then the team wouldn't have come together. Mm-hmm. Like if it wasn't for sadness, that core moment that happened later that became the, something that represented who she was would have never occurred. Yeah. So and, that, and that's in the same way that the the sadness is changing the core memories to be sad instead of uh, joy. Yeah, because Riley's sad. The, yeah, these memories are not happy anymore. Yeah. they're all memories from her old home where yeah. she moved away from, and now she misses her friend. Uh-huh. She misses the the she old way that her family used everything. to be because now her dad has her a new home. job. She misses the old home. She misses yeah. ev- everything. Is all different now. It's all seen through different eyes. Yeah, and that's and they are sad memories now. Yeah. And joy even though she has the best intentions is stopping Riley from coming to terms with what's happening to her. Yeah. That's, you know, that's crazy. And, like, the, that's, and that's some good writing. And right? that's reinforced <laughs> by the mother saying like, no, be our happy girl. Mm-hmm. And like it inadvertently putting pressure on Riley as a person to push all of these feelings away, which is then in turn shown internally. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's this beautiful commentary of like, yeah, we have to put our best foot forward and and sometimes fake how we feel, you know, to make it through life. But in the end, like, you can't bottle this stuff up. No. It has to be dealt with. And then once it is dealt with and once you come to terms with it, like, you can move on, which happens at the end of the film yeah. when the family kind of comes together and they all are just like, yeah, this is, none of us are happy right now. Mm-hmm. But at least we have each other. Uh. So at a at a crucial moment mm-hmm. in the film, uh, Bing Bong and Joy are are in the trapped abyss, in the forgotten abyss. Where slowly, eventually, they will they will disappear. Yeah, because everything, everything just dissolves. Everything dissolves down there. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they're trying to fly his special rocket ship, which is powered by singing, mm-hmm. uh, up to the the cliff's edge, and it won't reach. Yeah, and uh, Bing Bong. Doesn't, sacrifices doesn't, doesn't himself because <laughs> he realizes that, that his was, weight is what's rough. stopping them that from was getting really the, rough that was bad i saw it coming i was like damn i did not see that coming i saw it coming what is wrong with me they weren't gonna make it and i was like he's really heavy well when he and says gonna give them the extra when he says let's do it one more time i thought yeah oh, i saw no, that what's he gonna do i saw that as soon as he's like he's gonna one more time we'll do this and i was like he's gonna sacrifice himself oh man bing bong bing bong's great though yeah I, so wow yeah. wow that scene like a little kids were like oh no in the movie theater and i was like no shut up kid you're making it worse for me yeah i had one guy behind me laugh and i wanted to what i wanted to hit you know you know i would have stood up and punched people. him in the face 
Well, I didn't talk wow. about it in our Jurassic World review, but uh-huh. when I went to go see that, someone was kicking my seat. Uh, I don't stand for that. So I, I, I was like, they're going to, uh, after five seconds, I was like, they're not realizing. So I, I turned to look back and it stops for a second. So mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, they saw me turn to look. But it was in, I was in a theater with big seats. So I yeah. couldn't see over my seat unless I stood up. Yeah. Started up again. Mm-hmm. And I was, I kind of turned back and I go, hey, come on. And like nothing stopped. So I stand up yeah. and I expect to see like a child. Right. Mm-hmm. And as I stand up and it's three older women. Yeah. Of course. And and I was like, c- confusion came on my face. But then I, I could see that none of them were looking at me. So I was like, they, whoever was doing it is now embarrassed and yeah. good. And I yeah. sat down and no more kicking. And yeah. I was like, this is insane to me. Like grown people, people who are, have lived entire lives are like, yeah, let me just kick this seat. Well, you have to realize that people are inconsiderate assholes. Let me just kick this seat. Yeah. And I'm like, who cares? Insane to I'm me. having a good time with my girlfriends and we're all drinking out of our flasks in our purse. I don't know. We're enjoying yeah. ourselves. Anyway, that was a theater experience. And then, and moment. then you got the dudes who are like, "Ah, oh, man, this is great." And you're, <laughs> remember that time at the art theater where someone did yes. that, and then the yes. can fell over the and it rolled, rolled all the way down to the screen. We could hear the rolling, <laughs> and everyone's just like, "Oh, this idiot!" <laughs> uh, and you hear him in the back go, "Fuck!" <laughs> it's pretty great. Pretty great. Yeah. Uh, Oh, so some some gags that I thought were really good in Inside oh, Out. Lots of good gags. Um, every time Anger was reading a newspaper and his it was headline, what just happened? It was his headline for what he was going to be angry about. Yeah, I cracked, and up. It, and it just happened in the preceding. I scene. lost my mind, and he it was, was so funny. And he was, and then the look on his face every single time you see him reading, and he's just no. And then he does that thing where you close the newspaper real fast, and yep. he stands up and oh no, they did the thing. Like yep. it's just every single time it was funny right. to me. It every was great. Time. It was. <laughs> So good. Mm-hmm. And, and like, at first I was annoyed that Joy and Sadness, because they Joy was a person who kind of knew what she was doing with the console. Mm-hmm. Sadness was someone who was so important to what was going on in Riley's life that to have her not on the controls was really annoying, mm. um, because I knew that that's all she needed to kind of come to terms yeah. with what was happening in her life. So mm-hmm. having her not in there sucked. Um, and it all happens because... Uh, Sadness keeps being drawn to these core memories to mm. the point where she ends up affecting a new core memory that ends up being blue. Yeah, she makes a new, a brand new core memory, which is Riley uh, talking in front of her class, talking in front of the class, and and crying. Yep, because she is sad about all the mm. events that have happened and can't can't help it. Can't help it. And Joy freaks out and tries to get rid of the memory. Yeah, which is like totally not cool. No, not super like, not allowed. Super not allowed. The Rube Goldberg machine is she, like, nope. Here we go. Yep. And is like trying to stop it and trying to get rid of it. And so then, she she decides to flush all the memories, yep. which unfortunately also takes out the regular core memories. Yeah, because those had fallen out of their the thing, mm-hmm. and the the core memory holder like wouldn't stay closed unless the new memory was put in there. Yeah. So it's just causing this huge, insane thing, and everything ends up being flushed, which brought another plot hole to me because at one point, is it fear decides to flush himself at one point. Mm-hmm. And it won't let him go through. It's a, and Disgust goes, you can't flush memories, idiot. And I'm like, then how did sadness Because they were going joy. with, like, there was a bunch of but memories. But he had a memory in his hand, too. Did he? Yes. Well, I didn't see that. Because they had brought up a memory, mm-hmm. and it was going to get flushed back to long term. Mm-hmm. And he tried to get into it with it. 
And I'm uh, like, maybe Joy hit the special button. I don't know. That it only just, she knows about. T- to me, to me, I was just like, well, if it won't let him through, then they shouldn't have been able to go through. Well, and then the other, the other plot hole that we're going to talk about, which is tied to a, you know, the great gag of the remembering the mint gum jingle, uh, is that they can send it. So up the at little, any the time. little bean people, yep. like they just flip that memory in its holder uh-huh. in the long term memory, and it and goes straight back to headquarters, right? And why couldn't they take each of they the core take memories, a memory off put it of in the thing, thing and put flip the core the memory on yeah. and flip it up? And then someone up there goes, oh, that's a core memory and grabs, grabs it and it, pulls yeah. it off. Here's here's what I'm going to say why that that because I don't think the emotions could do that action. Uh-huh. And the bean people there were not wanting to help them. Yeah. None of the bean people seemed very helpful because yeah, you never see the memories do it. Or All the, the bean people do it. Were, were kind of ignoring them. Yeah, because they were just kind of on autopilot. They or, have their job. Yeah. And they're not really supposed to interact. They're with either ignoring them or telling them to get out. Yep. That was the two like, things. What are you doing here? Uh, like even when they got on the train, it wasn't like, yeah, get on the train. It was like, yeah, this train's going. So I guess you should get are on. Are you on? It. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bean person. Right. And then when it stopped and they were like, why is the train stopped? And they're like, yeah, it's, I mean, we're done. Bye. For the day. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, n- they were not helpful characters. They no, were just there. They just did their job mm-hmm. because they're not emotions. Yeah. Right. They have no, no stake. Mm-hmm. They just, they're just, you know, creatures. And, and that, that kind of brings us to the point where it's like we have discussed anger and fear controlling her at this point mm-hmm. and they all have and if you think about it if disgust fear and anger are making decisions for you mm-hmm. it's gonna go bad yeah and but they I, just, can, I can also see how um it's those are that's actual things that people do right that you know you don't hate those people because they have fear mm-hmm. you're just like yeah they're just you know they're afraid of things yeah. or they're cautious mm-hmm. you know it's like oh yeah that's a sarcastic person yeah. so it's it's kind of things where it's like they're not they're negative in the sense that like of course you want to be around happy people but but see it also but i'm just talking about in respect to her life and oh, what's yeah. happening uh-huh. like it makes sense that she's doing those things and then when you're internal, you're going, well, yeah, because those are the emotions that are in control. Of <laughs> yeah. course she's doing those things. Yeah. Like she would do poorly at hockey uh, hockey tryouts because she's so angry mm-hmm. and upset and disgusted with life and afraid of what's happening. And like that's making her do poorly. And of and in, in, you know, the fiction of the film, she's lost her ability to connect with, you know, one of her core attributes of her personality, which is her love for hockey. Hmm. So I don't know. I'm going to say interesting. I'm, I'm going to say another, another uh, mild plot hole, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't even know how to fully, I'm going to describe it as best as I can. Okay. And I'm going to see if you understand what I'm talking about. Okay. When we get to that moment at the dinner table scene where we see that inside of the mother and father are also the five emotions yeah. controlling everything. Uh-huh. Uh, and why don't, do they not realize when they look out at a person that there are also the five emotions controlling them? No. It's it's like, that seems like a weird disconnect to me. No. Where it's like they're looking out and they see a person and they go, well, I'm controlling this person. And over there I, is just a person. Like they yeah, don't realize see, that the five emotions are controlling them. But they're not like, they're aware, but they're not self-aware. They mm. still define themselves as Riley. As Riley? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So we're we're seeing the fin- the metaphysical manifestations of those emotions, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily mean that there's like Joy saying this is way less complex than it actually is. Yeah, like we're just seeing a simplified version of this. Mm-hmm. We're just seeing her personally personality broken down into five emotions. Mm-hmm. So we're not we're not dealing with an alien controlling the inside of a robotic person. We're not dealing with Dave, the no. Eddie Murphy film, exactly. Or was we're, it called Dave? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Might have been called Inside Dave. Still, 
But you see what I'm saying? Is like we're not dealing with like actual creatures controlling people from the inside, mm-hmm. body snatcher style. Yeah. We're There's dealing never with a moment just... where like Joy says, Let me go outside the body for a minute. Like yeah. that's not a thing that no. can happen. This is her place. Yeah. She's not a creature inside of her mind. No. She's the physical, metaphysical manifestation of that emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And such a cool film. Right. This <laughs> is like this is good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean we said in our review that we enjoyed it a lot. It's uh, it's uh I don't know. Okay, it's any, any like, more? no, I just like going back to the sequel thing. I don't think we need a sequel. I no. think this is, this is an important story to tell about like what in, in another film that wasn't about, you know, the emotions, this would just be a kid and her family moving to another place. Mm-hmm. And the kid would not be doing good in school she would drop out she stop she'd start hanging out with bad people mm-hmm. or whatever she'd constantly be getting in fights with her parents mm-hmm. and she'd never be home like it would just be so base level mm-hmm. and the fact that we have a view into her mind not only shows us of like the internal struggle she's having with who she was as a person and who she has to be now but also that like Riley's a good person she's goofy she has fun. She mm. loves her family. She's she's honest to the point of it being a fault. Like, this is a good person. So what happens to a good person when they go through this tr- kind of traumatic event? Mm-hmm. And it's not something super horrible. Her parents didn't die. It's not something that is like, she didn't develop a drug habit. Mm-hmm. But this is something that is traumatic. And a lot of the times, unless it's a big deal, like Batman's parents dying, like we don't see it as an important thing Mm. or something that is worthy of talking about and going, yeah, this is an important event for this child. And it gave this story, which would just be a subplot in another movie, Mm -hmm. like the weight that it deserves for someone who is developing as a child. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's beautiful. And it has a lot of redeeming qualities for children to realize like, yeah, my parents want me to be happy all the time, but it's okay for me to be sad too, that they're still going to accept me, they're still going to love me. Mm-hmm. And as an adult, like, this movie hit me on so many levels. <laughs> and, like, anyone taking their children to go see this, this is going to be incredible. Like, this is going to talk to parents on so many different levels. And because maybe, I don't know, maybe some parents don't think of life like this too. Like, because people in general kind of get stuck at looking at life from their perspective, you know? And, I mean, shit, there are parents I know who are just like, hey, I had kids, so that way I wouldn't have to do as many chores around the house. Like, wow. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like there are people who are so self-centered that even when they have children, they still see it from, these are my children, and it's not about them. And, you know, the parents who, like, make their kids be, like, on stages, you know, or, or yeah. like only playing a sport because they love that sport as a kid and who cares if their kid likes doing it or not, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, realize, like, this this could be a good tool for helping people see life from other people's perspectives. And it's it's incredibly well done. And people need to see it. Because it's it's not only entertaining, but it has a beautiful message. All right. I think that does it for our discussion. Uh, thanks for listening. Thank you. To all this.